0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of The Talking Tradesman. Today, we have Kevin Tingley, better known as the Paint Warrior. So first of all, Kev, thank you very much, mate, for making the effort to come all the way here. And uh, let's talk.
1: Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. Um, excited.
0: Um, yeah, no, you're more than welcome, mate, like I say. It's um, been excited to get you in. And what I'd like to say as well is a big thanks because you've been very supportive from the off. Yeah. So behind the scenes, I've had messages from Kev, you know, supporting the podcast, the idea um, and all the rest of it. So thanks for that, mate.
1: No, honestly, it's a great cause. And um, I'm glad to be
0: here and having a chat with you, to be fair. I appreciate it, mate. Well, the paint warrior story, as it were. Um, Obviously, a lot of people know the, the basics of your story. But if it's okay yeah. with you, mate, I'd like to go into it, talk about everything, really, how you got to where you are. What I've... What I know of your story, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on this anyway, but with what I know, what that says to me is, like, you've got a real deep resilience. Like, you're the comeback king, essentially. You've got all these things that have happened to you, yeah. and you're bouncing back. Now, to me, that resilience is built at an earlier age. So, yeah. how was, like, how were the early... Pre-Paint Warrior, so yeah. pre obviously the incident that happened that kind of springboarded everything that's happened since. How were things for you early days? Growing up, for me, if you want to go that far
1: back, was um, really, really tough. I, um, I struggled from a, a right young age. Um, my mum left when I was a baby. If I'm honest, I think my earliest memory, which um, apparently is quite odd, is probably around eight years old i can't really
0: remember anything before that do you know what mate i'm actually similar on that really it's yeah so like and my wife she'll come at me with like i remember this when i was three and yeah i've got tiny little memories mm. um but i had so my the pivotal thing in my life was my mum and dad splitting when i was eight yeah and i kind of think that everything before that was normal so i don't remember it after yeah. that shit got difficult so i remember i've got those memories mm. i don't know whether that's no, I mean I I genuinely I can't remember my mum being there
1: whatsoever. Okay. No. But um I mean like, like I'm I'm happy to talk about a few things and I think my earliest memory of my mum which is totally random is she come into school one day and took me and my brother and then she disappeared. So like I was got taken away by this woman with my brother and put into like a boarding in school, by your mum. Yeah, and like, and she was in a mother and baby unit. Yeah, um, and it got really messy. Like, the police were involved, and I think I had to. She basically had to give us back to my dad.
0: So essentially, she kidnapped you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It was crazy. And then, like, my dad um, has been a bit rough his whole life. He's like a paranoid schizophrenic. from the age of ten, I come home from school one day and he um I saw a load of police and um paramedics and everything all outside my house and basically he had had a breakdown and he got locked up in the hospital for twelve months. Wow. Yeah. Um and from then he sort of spent the rest of my growing up life in and out of hospital and in and out of prison. And so, where were you at that point? Were you still- so I was staying at that house still but with my nan and that but they were coming and going sort of thing so i had a younger brother and essentially i was pretty much on my own yeah and because of all of that um i started getting bullied badly at school like really bad i didn't we didn't have no money anyway like grew up with no school uniform i was probably the only kid with no school uniform in school um and got bullied and bullied and bullied and it's like really getting me down um and then when I got into secondary school, I thought I just sort of started like fighting back. I got a bit heavy-handed, and I started getting into trouble. Mm. Um, but then people started to respect me, and um, sort of like that's when I started making some some friends and um, the wrong kind of friends actually, yeah. because it was, uh, what I was doing fighting back. I was attracting the the naughty people, you know, and that's the, the sort, they took me under their wing, so to speak. Yeah. Um. And then I got into this crazy fight after a pub and I was taken to court and I was, um I was actually sentenced to five years in prison. So how old were you at this stage? 17, 17, yeah, okay.
0: 18 maybe, just turned. It's easily done, mate, isn't it? I mean... But this is obviously is your story. Mm. But in my life, I had a similar sort of thing. You, you end up gravitating to people, I feel, who are in similar positions. Exactly. So when I was younger, I grew up with my dad because um, mm. my mum had left, and yeah. I was in a situation where I didn't really have any limits. So just kind of naturally, I ended up if it was a Friday, Saturday night, and I was out till three, four in the morning. That my only rule was don't be brought home by the police. That yeah. was it. Yeah. So my dad. Quite often, didn't know where I was, who I was with. Well, not quite often. Never knew where I was or who I was with. Yeah. So you end up kind of hanging around with people that have got the same lack of boundaries, which is a dangerous position. Very. Yeah. Um, I mean, me personally, when I was that age, the lads that I used to knock around with. I mean, a couple of them are sadly not here anymore, and, yeah. and that had happened at a young young age. So it's um, you can quite easily go down that wrong path, can't you?
1: Oh, were well, they the only ones that you seem? They, they sort of seem to feel like that they, they really are your friends they're the mm. people that you talk to you you rely on them um whereas at home you don't have that or i didn't yeah. so when i'm out with them i felt like i was part of something that was your family at that exactly, point exactly yeah. yeah um but you know, thankfully because i you know I, I did have a rough upbringing in and out of social services when i did get sentenced for five years they they actually took me downstairs and cuffed me up to ready to go into the van. And, um, the judge, she actually called me back up into the courtroom Mm. and she said, um, Kevin, it appears that I've left myself a reminder not to send you to jail today. And she said, I want you to start. My, my missus was pregnant with the first, um, child with her. And, um, she goes, I want you to start a new life. I know you've had it hard, blah, 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 blah. And, um, that's when I moved away and, um, moved up to Milton Keynes. And the first job I got offered was decorating.
0: What a moment in your life, though. To be fair, for for that that could have quite easily gone to a point like if she hadn't done that, if you would have been sent down to five years in a youth offenders, then you'd have probably been mixing with people in the similar situation, and a lot of the time that spirals, doesn't it? So that's like a pivotable point. Yeah,
1: you can go one or two ways. You can go deep. You know, yeah. I've got mates that have been in and out of prison continuously their entire life Mm. because. They went down that road, and they didn't, you know, they didn't take any turnings. They just carried on on the
0: same path. Yeah, um, but, but you yeah, got that, given that, that that shot by the judge on that yeah, day.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, I've, I've I've tried to find out who that judge was, um, and because I'd like to sort of probably thank her actually, but she she she
0: actually changed my life that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah,
0: but then as well as that, mate. I mean, not only did she gave you the opportunity to yeah. change your life, yeah. you could have quite easily walked out that door and gone straight back. That's true. Yeah, that is true. But you know, when
1: when when I went down them stairs, honestly, cuffed up, I went. I was sick. I went hot, dizzy. Yeah. I was like, this is it. Fought like, <laughs> yeah. And then when she like that was so scary for mm-hmm. me. I was like, I'd never want to be in that position again. Do you think
0: looking back, that was done deliberately to give you that jolt?
1: Who knows? Who knows? It could have been
0: whatever it whatever it was. It, it was a good. It was a good nudge. If that's you know, she's it was a clever move. If if she done it's a that heavy nudge, they right, yeah, yeah put yeah. you in handcuffs and march yeah. you down and tell you you're going away for five years. That's yeah. a hell of a nudge. Yeah. So yeah. she so she told you you had to change, and then you off your own back, move like relocated where you lived.
1: Yeah. So we um Tasha's mum and um, father-in-law lives in Milton Keynes, and, okay. um, so we was like we. Was have a new start there we used to go and visit her anyway uh, we liked the area um baby on the way We thought we would give it a go and we moved up here and her f- her mum's boyfriend was a decorator a very good decorator mm. um he wouldn't offer me a job straight away like he wanted to see you know he, he was testing me for a long time yeah. I was applying for jobs I even you know got this when the yellow pages were being delivered you know yeah and I went through all of the decorating companies in Milton Keynes and I sent every single one of them a letter and an email and then a phone call and when he saw all of that he was like right I'm going to give you a job and um, yeah I just sort of got quite good at it and um, I thought
0: I I like doing it and it's that's when it happened you know. So you did like an old-fashioned apprenticeship into decorating? (laughs) Yeah yeah the best kind of way mate i did the similar similar sort of thing i did mine pretty much between my father and my grandfather so it was yeah it was a a similar route in but so you've relocated you've set how long did you work for him
1: um probably on and off um because we used to have little tiffs and stuff like that and i did work for other companies but um several years yeah yeah and what point did you go self-employed when I realized um I, obviously, working with someone, they're only going to offer you so much. Um mm. So when I realized I needed more money and I was probably doing more work than most and getting paid less and I, I felt like I need to just go on my own now. Yeah. But he was supportive of that and he's all he, he he actually always told me, you know, you're never gonna get rich working, working with someone else, else, you yeah. know. And he's yeah. like, you know, I think probably he he's the sort of person that probably
0: kept me at that level purely to push me away, to go and yeah. do better. I think that's it in the trade mate isn't it most people exactly that like you get to that point where you've learned the trade and you need to spread your wings exactly i think a lot of the time that's where you learn the real lessons in trade Mm -hmm. and you there's a different motivation isn't there once you start working for yourself compared to working for someone where you know if you get that job done quicker it's money in your pocket not somebody else's and i think it's a complete mindset changer as soon as you do go self-employed yeah 100 percent. it's like you don't know
1: um how important everything is until you start working mm. for yourself and you can that's when you start to relate to your boss it's like wow do you know what
0: yeah he actually done quite a lot to be fair. At, at that stage then so you've you've relocated because of the situation you were in yeah you've got baby on the way or baby here babies
1: are there now both kids yeah okay with tash
0: so um, then there's that pressure as well setting yeah. up and you've yeah. got the the pressure behind you of Making sure that you can provide for your family as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was coming home from work. I think I started on like £50 a day doing that. And then when I got home from work, she would walk across the road to work at Tesco's mm. in the evening. So, like, we wouldn't really see each other until the weekend still
0: because yeah. I would work
1: during the day. She'd work the time She'd get home at 10 when it shuts.
0: It all builds this picture, though, Kev, doesn't it? Because yeah. it kind of shows that, you know, from day one, really, you would doubt a bad set of cards but you've always had the resilience and the drive to graft and, and put yourself on a better footing.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I try. I think, you know, I'm, I'm probably the only person in my whole family that has their own business, and that's a, a big thing for me because there's a lot of them that are um, sort of just, they just waste wasted their life, really. Mm. You know, they haven't cared about doing anything. Um, and I was like, I just, I just don't want to be anything like that.
0: It's weird, isn't it, that like now and again you get the the sort of like the outlier, potentially like yourself, that you come from a particular family, yeah, and that you look at it and you go, I want more, I want better. You know? Yeah. I don't know why that is, why certain people certain people let it become their identity. They see what they're in and they're like, Well, this is me now. Yeah. And then certain other people look at it and they go, Essentially, fuck that. I want better than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, know I, I If I'm honest, I don't want a lot, but I want to be able to go on holiday, and I want my bills paid, and um, I just want what I never had, like for my mm. kids. So little things like you know a regular haircut, Do you know things like that are really important to me. Um, that' why you married a hairdresser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why I like ticked push, off. Pushed her into the <laughs> industry. Yeah, no, but seriously, it's like that's the little things like that because I, I never like we were just talking about our teeth like before mm-hmm. i never was taken to the dentist like yeah. both my kids have just finished their braces now it's like it's really important things like that never taken to um the hairdressers or number two all over always yeah. clothing like i'd wear an extra large hand-me-down from a bloke at the age of 10 it just looked like i was wearing a 90 yeah um so things like that is, is really important to me and i was like there's no way like my kids are gonna
0: like, be how I was. So I had to walk away from it. I mean, again, it's commendable, mate, because it's not the mindset that everyone has. There's plenty of people out there that look at it and they go, well, my kids will make do because I made do, rather than looking at it like you do and go, I'm going to do better than that. Yeah. You know, so it's not like it's everybody sees it the same way no.
1: well the problem right. well, do you know what it's it's funny because I, I probably did have that little bit of mindset once and i'm like well mm. i didn't have nothing well surely there'll they'll be all right but then you know with everything that else has happened with me um and i'm like how can i explain it so if i don't do this now that means i'm gonna have to rely on my kids to do what I'm doing now to be able to change the uh, direction of the yeah. future name. Do you know what I mean? So, if if I when I'm gone, they should have something that's going to look after them if they look after it. Like
0: what I'm trying to build. You're trying to build a brand for the future generations. Yeah, like they family.
1: will enjoy it more than I will. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what my goal is, and um, if I th- if I'm not doing that now, and they haven't got that mindset because they've never been sort of shown it, mm-hmm. then I've got to just rely on them suddenly to think one day, well, I want better. Um, but if we if we can make them feel like there's always something to aim for,
0: yeah, then they're always going to be sort of pushing. It's good, mate. Yeah. It's paying it forwards, isn't it? I've got the same thing. I mean, my son's 16. Now mm-hmm. he's 17 in April yeah. and I'm the same with him. I'm like, I can see he's got so much potential because so he's a clever kid. He's actually doing a, an electrical course at college oh, at the wow. minute. So he wants okay. to get into being a sparky. Tried to get him to be the fourth generation, a decorator, but he yeah. was not having any of that, mate. <laughs> so, um, You never know. Yeah, you right. never know how, how things come around. I remember when I was his age. So I started uh, going to work with my dad from a really young age, essentially because my mom and dad split. I stayed with my dad. So summer holidays, Easter holidays, yeah. Christmas, that was it. I just went to work with him. Right. Um, and then I got to the point, I remember leaving school uh, at, I think, 17 because I did the first year of my A-levels and then decided, well, I got told I couldn't come back to finish the second year, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could have gone to a different school to finish on, but I thought at that point, you know what, this isn't what I want. Um, and at that point I actually said out loud several times, there's no way I'm going to be a patron decorator. Really? Was, yeah. Yeah. I was like, absolutely no chance. Is of that because they were that. giving you the crap jobs? I don't know. You know, I think, and this, I feel horrible saying this now, but if I'm being honest, I actually thought at that point I want better. Okay. I'm going to do better than that. Yeah. But, if I reflect back now, I think that was because I saw the example that was in front of me, which was the way that my dad was running his business. Mm. And I saw my dad and he would work seven days a week. Um, You know, no, no breaks. He was just constantly at work, seemed to be constantly stressed. Yeah. Um, And that was what I saw. So I looked and I thought, I don't want that. Yeah. That's Um, understandable. I went out then. I did a year's work doing agency jobs and then I clocked that you'd get paid more if you took on the heavy lifting jobs. Right. So some of the jobs I did mate. The only like thing that I said I wouldn't do was work with food okay. because there were a couple of factories in the local area that dealt with like fish. And okay. things. So I think so. We doing that. So uh I did yeah, I did a year of like heavy lifting jobs in the in the agency and then I thought well, like removals or No, it was I mean like one of the jobs was um I remember spray painting the bases for um, patio heaters. You know, like the weighted base. Yeah, yeah. And I'd spray that, and then we had to box and package them. So it's all sort of painting related, still. That wasn't. That was. That was. uh, But the rest of it, I did like operating machine presses and. Used to be where I'm from, Redditch. There was a lot of the old Rover. Um fact they're all gone now because Rover's gone but a lot of the factories around there used to deal with making parts for Rover right. so I remember in another factory I worked on like doors, car doors and used to have to put them in a big press and then pick up the door Carry what, it, like on 8 it on Mile oh. could have
1: been yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: that was pretty much yeah, it right? yeah. so you'd, you'd put the door in, you'd press this thing, It would. I don't even know what it would do, it would put some kind of vinyl cover like on the ah, inside okay. of the yeah, door yeah. And then bang, and then you'd have to pick it up, put it on a rack, get the next one, put it on the press. Yeah. Um. So I did that for a year, and then I thought, do you know what? Actually, being a decorator is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So got myself back into it, took over the business at seventeen, and I haven't looked back since. Oh, so but, yeah. There, w- there was a point, and I look at my son now, and I think, is he just going through a? Uh, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know. So you never know. I mean, the door's always open to him. Yeah. You just but... don't
1: know with the kids, do you? It's hard. You know, like it's just openly said you, you 100% wasn't you just don't know what you want to do yeah. you don't know and you, that decision comes around really quick as well doesn't it yeah. so you've got to make a decision suddenly you're at the end of your school you do and mate
0: it seems massive doesn't it yeah. like,
1: what do you want to do for the rest of your life yeah so I, exactly wow hell, that's huge you know but this is the thing it's always like for me obviously I'm a decorator but I'm, I'm sort of building a brand now so yeah, yeah. Um, it is eventually the lanes are going to change it's still going to be in the same industry, yeah. but um, it's never always the same thing. Because you've got a son, I think,
0: around the same age, haven't
1: you? Yeah, he's 16 next week. Is he interested in the trade? He's, do you know what, he wants to be an architect, but okay. he does come to work with me, and he's he's very um, sort of anal about prep work. If I say to him, you know, sand something down, get that door frame, blah, 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 it would yeah. be the best prep door frame, you know. He will take his time, for, but there's no like He don't understand the concepts at the moment of like how quick you should be doing it because of the money side of it. It's yeah. cheap labor at the moment. He's, he's only 16. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, he's, he could be really good because he's very
0: particular. To be so. fair, mate, at that age though, it, you've got to learn the skill first. Haven't you? Yeah. You learn the skill, then you get the speed. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Yeah. I've, I've said similar to my son. I mean, my lad has said to me several times about coming to work with me and uh, he has come to work with me loads and done prep and the basics when he's just trying to earn some money. But what I've said to him is I won't, I'm not going to spend time teaching you skills if you're not going to do it as a job because it's a waste of my time then. Um, But I've had that conversation with him where I've sort of said, look, it's not about speed. You don't have to be quick. You've just got to master the skill. Yeah. Then you can work on the time and, and make it profitable.
1: No, that's right. Yeah. But,
0: so we've we've kind of drifted off subject a wee bit there. So bit. I mean, when you so when you were self employed, you wouldn't have been Paint Warrior at that stage, no. So what were you trading as at that point? Just KJ um, Painters. Okay, so generic decorating name, standard,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah really standard. Um, and I, I um, got to a point where I managed to buy a, a brand new van. We I lived on a we was the first people to live on a new new build site. Um, And this is when I went on my own and I um didn't have a vehicle at the time, but I walked out of site and I walked, walked down my house, walked onto site and I asked them if they needed any decorators. And he said, uh, no, that there's a company already doing it. Mm. I left my card anyway. And by the time I just got back, which is only a couple of minutes, walked, the guide phoned me up and he goes, Oh, do you want to do a plot for us? And I was like, okay. And um, it was about, I think it was about 650 quid for a two bed apartment and mm. um so I walk out of my apartment walk into the next doors and uh <laughs> I was, I'll give it a go and I've done it in about two days and he was like oh do you want another one I was like yeah okay and then I've done that in two days because you want another one I was like yeah so I was doing three two-bed apartments 650 pound each in a, in a week nice yeah and because yeah. I, I was on my site and I got to know him as well They're like, why you can do seven days a week and I'd, I'd sort of grafted for a while um and then I managed to buy a van right. so um that was the brand new van and i was like over the moon because i'd never had anything new before you know i was like this is like a big deal and Mm -hmm. i got it all signed written kj painters i felt like i was on top of the world um and then it then things started to just get a little bit shitty again and that's when i've i before before my last incident i had like two others which put me out of work for a while so i had um so I went and got a tattoo on my leg, mm. and um, I ended up with cellulitis, and it spread up to my thigh. And I was What's in, that? It's just like an infection that gets into your bloodstream. Okay. But I had all these blisters up my leg, and it was going up to my thigh, and I was in hospital for about 20-odd days. But the doctor said, he goes, like, if that redness goes past that line tomorrow, we have to take your leg off. <laughs> You honest know. to god yeah and i was like are you serious it's like no jesus we have to because i'd been in there for so long i was fucking... take your leg off yeah well there was, as soon as it got into my torso there's like you can just die i was like you oh. jesus so yeah so thank god like the next morning it actually reduced by about five mil and well, then I'd it got been
0: the, better on the blower to me missus going, get some makeup over here now honestly get this red like,
1: down i didn't know what to do i was like but, yeah, so I come out of hospital, and I was pretty much um, on the mend. I couldn't bend my leg completely straight. Um, I don't know why I've done this as well, because this is probably, it's a bit of a dick move, actually. But I, got, I had an enduro bike, and I went out with my mate on the enduros doing a bit of off-roading. And with I'm, your leg all
0: jacked up. Or... Yeah. And I,
1: <laughs> I was like, see a little cliff thing, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get up there. And I went straight out the cliff sort of come off the back of the bike landed on a tree the bike landed on me next thing you know i'm in the middle of this field completely naked um where the ambulance had cut all of my armor gear off me yeah um gave me loads of ketamine for the pain um i had my ray-bans on butt naked ray-bans on not it was honestly you can't make this stuff up so at up. that
0: point you look like the terminator yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. honest yeah. to god
1: right and i was like i got no boxes and she went I'll, I'll cover you up i remember it right I had get, the woman's name was naomi yeah because i got naomi on my arm it's my daughter's name and I, was, she, I was like what's your name she was like naomi i was like why are you gonna get me a blank or something?" She, she was like yeah no worries and then as soon as they cut my boxes off, she just put her hand straight over my five bits. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> "Really?" I was like, "Really?" It's yeah. You up. Yeah. And um, anyway, helicopter landed. I got airlifted to London, and I had um, I had seven broken ribs down my spine. Like it was just sort of floating off my spine. So as you can imagine, the pain was What's mad. That? Yeah. So that and
0: you did that while you had the cellulitis thing in your leg
1: yeah well it just it, the cellulitis had gone but the scab was there basically yeah. my tattoo had
0: fallen off and it literally I mean not to go too far off subject but what was it a dodgy tattoo shop or... no
1: I think it was red ink yeah so like some some people sort of react different to red inks red inks is quite a, a weird and is the one. tattoo gone now like did the tattoo come off or... the tattoo oh, it was all poppies there the tattoo mm. literally peeled off like oh. come off in one whole lump <sighs>
0: Nasty, but yeah,
1: right? so yeah, I was back in the hospital. I was back in the hospital and as soon as I turned up there, were like, what are you doing back here? And so I was in there for like another 30 days. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then obviously after, after I come out, I had to sort of like recover, try to get my strength back up, blah, 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 blah. And then, um, and at this point you've still got a business. Did you have a lads on or was it just, here? no, no, I didn't have nothing. I, I had insurance, but it wasn't for things like that. And they yeah. obviously didn't pay out. So, um, yeah, so I had to just sort of take it on the chin and mm. just sort of struggle, basically. But um, yeah, about, about a year a year or two later, I was back in it full steam ahead. You know, mm. I had, um, the business was booming again. Um, I just carried on. And that's when um it come around to COVID was, I think it must have been Christmas time, you know, when we started getting warnings about COVID. Yeah. Was and that then, twenty twenty, wasn't it? Nineteen, twenty and yeah. 20, the nineteen. It was early nineteen, wasn't it? Because then we yeah. come into twenty, weren't yeah. it? Yeah. So then I was doing a gym actually and um just spraying a whole lot black. Um and then I think that was the whole of January basically, February, and my mum was ill, she was dying, she had like cancer. Mm-hmm. Um and also she brought me up from a young age, on and off, like so she was a big part of my life. More like a mother character. Yeah. 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 And then um, next, Well, we're in March now and we just got uh, put into lockdown and then my nan passed away. Yeah. So then um, I went down to the funeral and then after after the funeral, I went to the shops and come walking back to the shops and this is when I got attacked by uh, three guys and I was stabbed eight times, um, twice in the back of the head. Three guys? Three guys, yeah.
0: So you're just, you'd come out the funeral, you've gone come into a shop. And then walked out the shop and you've just been jumped. I literally,
1: I went to my nan's. She lives like 90 odd miles from me. So I drove down there. um, Tasha was with me. And I'd gone into the shop just to buy four cans of beer. I thought I'll have a couple of beers with the family and then Tasha can drive us home. Um, We had to get back for the kids anyway. So it's literally
0: just a quick thing. Was Tasha with you at the time it happened?
1: No, no, no. She was um, still with my nan's, like where the wait everyone else was.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, as I was walking back, that was it. got jumped stabbed eight times and i didn't really know what was going on i thought i was like being attacked like punched and stuff yeah because um, obviously i got stabbed in the back of the head and it was like a full-blown so it felt like a punch you know it's like stabbed like, you in the back of the head yeah right at the back of the head and one the... in the side of the face here
0: mate so that that's like full-on they were trying to end your life at that yeah. point yeah and what these three lads did you know them
1: never met them before in my life Never I met mean, before.
0: Obviously, we'll we'll get into what happened, but like the were they found? Have they?
1: Yeah, they were found. Yeah, uh, one of them were found. Sorry, two of them were found within a couple of weeks. I think or a week. Was it on camera or anything? Oh, like well, everything was caught on camera. Yeah, because there's a school there as well. So in between the the shop and the school, that actual area is just all built up you know there's apartments and like yeah. school shops so yeah there's cameras and you can just see me on the they showed me this in court and i, I didn't realize it had all been caught on camera actually till i was in court and that that hit
0: completely different so what like, time just, of day was it just, just like 1 1 p.m so it was in the afternoon yeah because in my head then i've thought oh, it must have been night time nah, and it must have been nah. it was covid
1: as well so there's literally no one around it's like ghost town and was the only people that were at the um menanzas were the people that were allowed at the funeral at the time right so not many so literally um and it's like there's this woman because i used to live down in that area there's a woman um name's becky she drove past and she's like oh my god are you all right and i was like yeah. i looked down and i was like i think i've been stabbed so and, um if she weren't there i would have died so what did they they've done that and then what ran off or so they yeah so they tapped me from behind uh, stabbed me in the back four times under my arm back of the head twice and then i grabbed one of them and i pulled him around in front of me and I, yeah i threw him on the floor and i put my foot on him to hold him down i was like whoa 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 what are you doing yeah and um he, he actually lunged at me and he, he stabbed me there as well so quite close to the heart I'm not, that was the he, that, well, that one wasn't actually that bad it was just a little nick
0: and um, but then i think they realized what had happened and they just got up and ran when you say they realized what had happened in what context because i mean they knew they were stabbing you so. well
1: yeah i mean i guess they knew that maybe that was the wrong person was that what it was it
0: was the wrong person the wrong person yeah so it wasn't just a random attack they thought that you were somebody else they,
1: they thought that i owed them 180 pound 180 pound
0: yeah and they tried to i mean even if you were that person they tried to end your life over 180 pounds.
1: Yeah. and i'll tell you what. I, I had the money in my wallet you know if i <laughs> even if they were robbing me i would have gave them the money. But I, I didn't stand a chance because, it, was like I say, it was all from behind. And,
0: of course, you're not going to be expecting that, are you? Like no. you say, middle of the afternoon, why would you even consider that somebody was going to do that? And it's, there wasn't even no really?
1: warning. Like, you know, where you sort of feel like, you know, if someone's following you or you could probably hear them. But no, nah, from the CCTV angle, they were, they were hid in a bush. Yeah. And as soon as I got to a point, they come straight out and just, Attacked me.
0: So they must have seen you go into the shop and thought, "Oh, that's somebody else that they were looking for or whatever," and then waited for you to come back out. Yeah,
1: I have no idea. I, there's no, there wasn't anything shown of me walking to the shop. It's only the coming back, so I don't know where they come from.
0: I mean, that in itself, mate, that's fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> it? Yeah. Um, I mean, so two of them were caught. That they catch all three. Yeah, all three. They caught three.
1: One of them um, disappeared to. Blackpool, or something stupid like that i don't know if was, i know it's near seaside somewhere and what happened or the prosecution what was the result on that um the jury found them all guilty um if this is what really annoyed me actually because the original charge was attempted murder which it was yeah like, i mean regardless yeah.
0: of what the courts have said that yeah. is fucking attempted murder yeah
1: 100 um so it got dropped to a section 18 with intent
0: What's that? Um basically? Is that like ABH or yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, GBH or something. I think GBH worse. I'm, I'm not. I can never remember whether actual well, or one G- or two. Oh, no, I think
1: GBH is worse. As previous, probably. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was like, as so they went not guilty through the whole thing. They said, that, Are you joking. No, nah, they said that um, they were they feared for their life. I threatened them, threatened to kill them. Um, gone, mate, and then sorry. all of the, this is when the CCTV come out, and I was like where's where's all of this
0: evidence blah 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 because they, they said the weird arguing in the streets nothing happened so even at the point where they're caught essentially red-handed there was no remorse no nah. at that point no nah. and did you have to sit through the trial were you
1: i had to go to the trial yeah and then I, after the first or second day i think i walked outside out way outside and all of their mates come out and they surrounded me in the court as well i thought oh here we go again
0: fucking oh, hell kev yeah like I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So you'd have thought that, first of all, I mean, were you, I'm assuming this is a while down after it's happened, but were you given any support or protection or anything like that? Not really, if I'm honest, because it was lockdown, COVID still was quite
1: heavy. Literally, there was like nothing going on. So even when it came to like therapy, that took
0: a year to come around talking like physical therapy or mental mental therapy yeah because i can't even begin to but let's pull it back a little bit because i feel like we've we've jumped but so on the day that that's happened and you've realized that you've been stabbed and you said that you saw somebody you knew yeah what happened then did you like collapse
1: yeah i just hit the deck she phoned an ambulance but next thing i know again it's like it must be a a march thing because when i've done my my leg and that and i was naked it was march mm. and then yeah this happened on the 27th of march and um, next thing i woke up um all these sirens going and like flashing lights I had police um fire brigade ambulance they cut all my clothes off again and they were like patching my wound <laughs> current theme yeah as was on this time no no well they <laughs> took them off because they just had to okay. check everywhere but because yeah. there's so much blood you think i got stabbed from here all the way down to above my my, my bum basically yeah. so i was covered in blood yeah um these weren't like small knives these were hunter's knives like eight inch blades like this was like it Gross. was serious stuff so like you can imagine um how much you bleed from a paper cut, you mm-hmm. know it, it was like so they had to just take everything off clean the blood up find it, make sure they got every single yeah wound um located and start and how, working how close was it if i'm honest I felt like I, I said goodbye to my kids.
0: As in, did you ring wrong them? No, nah, I couldn't
1: ring them. I was like, so you said goodbye like... Tash, Tash in turned out the- because like she, she um, that's what happened. See, so it starts coming back to me. So when that woman said something to me and I hit the deck, I tried phoning Tash and I couldn't. Right? So I got my Snapchat up yeah. and I sent her a video. I was like, Tash, I think I've been stabbed. And I sent her a video, and she located me on Snapchat location. Christ, yeah, and that's when she come to find me. Um, but you know, there's loads of people there, and like part of my family. And I was, as I was laying in, I was sort of going in that consciousness, and I just I said to him, I was like, "Please say goodbye to my kids. I'm sorry. Um, I love them. Just look after them." And um, then I woke up in hospital. Fucking hell, mate. I
0: mean, that's that's like literally made me feel funny just listening to that. Yeah. Um... But I can't, do you know why? Because instantly then I put myself in the position of your missus, of Tash, like, having to pull up and, and see that. Yeah. I mean, not only is it horrific for you, yeah, but it must have been on, well, I can't even put into words how it must have been for her to have pulled up, witnessed that, and then had that to deal with. Like, that's absolutely fucking terrible, man. It
1: was. Um, it was a real bad, bad time. And uh, again, COVID. So I was in hospital on my own, obviously. I uh, got taken in for emergency operation because I had internal bleeding. I think that the knife went in my spleen. Um, so I said to him, I was like, look, please don't put me to sleep because I don't think I'm going to wake up. And I was like, I weren't allowed Tash there or anyone. And they walk you down the, the room, like the aisle on your bed to the operating room. I just see Tash right at the reception, miles away, just shouting for me. And I was like... Yeah. And then that was it. I didn't see her till, um I left hospital. That and it. that,
0: mate, I mean, that. I'm not going to get into the politics of what yeah. happened around that, but the fact that that had happened to you and she wasn't allowed to be with you, how insane is that?
1: Oh, it's crazy, isn't it, if you think about it. You know, it's like I can guarantee you um, if it had happened to somebody in higher power, oh, yeah. they would have had their loved ones there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. There's no way that the rules were the same for Man. one and all. But it's um, I'm, I'm just I'm sat here now. I'm a little lost for words. I'm like trying to process everything because what I knew, and I, I'll tell you this now. So I deliberately didn't look into what had happened right. to you because yeah. I thought I wanted to have this conversation naturally. Yeah, and yeah. I thought if I knew everything, then I'd be it. Wouldn't be real. Yeah. What that's done to me though is I'm now sat here thinking, shit, like that's uh that's worse than i thought it was yeah um
1: it never gets um easier when you tell someone their, their, their actions are quite the same and you know after I, I come out of hospital and a kid i knew got stabbed once and he died so that for me knowing what i went through eight times yeah. um it's like it's it's sort of it's really kind of unheard of you know you, you've you you're very lucky if, if you yeah.
0: survive something like that and I'm... it's double-handed mate isn't it like not only are you extremely unlucky that that happened to you yeah you're extremely lucky that you made it through it so it's not you know what one thing without the other it's um yeah it's, a, it's a... obviously it wasn't meant to it wasn't no. your time it wasn't meant to be um and with that horrific event, I mean, the, the thing that the thing that stands out to me, the thing that I love about it, is that you've used that and then almost used it as a springboard to launch into your brand that you are now. Yeah. And this is—it's a conversation that I've had before, and I think I've potentially mentioned it to you before, where I've talked about the value of trauma. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll ask you about it in a minute anyway, but the fact that you've you've taken that horrific event that happened on that day. And then you've used it to now essentially build a brand and use all that trauma and pain and flip it on its head and use that to, you know, change your own mindset and to build back stronger than potentially you were before. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's a weird thing to say, isn't it? That there's value to that event.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like would, um, paint warrior brand even be a thing if that never happened
0: i mean knowing knowing what you know i'll ask you this question because it's an interesting one um knowing what you know now so knowing that you survived it and no doubt knowing the psychological trauma that it's left deep inside you if you could go back to that day and not go for them beers would you
1: Do you know what? I, I probably wouldn't even have gone to the funeral you know it is so. You know, for me personally, I still have days where I'm like, "Oh my god, my nan's dead," mm. because of that incident wiped everything out. So you didn't really get to grieve. I your didn't nan, do did you? nothing. Like I, I, I woke up in hospital over a week later, and I was like, you know, didn't even know what I was really doing. And then mm. there's, when I when I was told, you know, and it all started coming back to me, I'm like, Jeez, my nan's gone." Like, I totally just yeah I probably would have just remembered her as like
0: how she were rather than go there so the worst thing about what happened that day to you was not being able to grieve for your nan effectively
1: yeah and like like I said it honestly it still comes back to me certain days now like where I I remember you know that I actually went to a funeral yeah
0: It's, it's such a hard thing mate grief I mean I So my own childhood, I had a a rocky relationship with my dad. I mean, we never spoke for eight years at one stage. Um, luckily for me, I had my grandparents had my granddad who set the business up and me and him were, we were really tight, really close And for a long period of my life, he was like my dad. Um, and I lost him to cancer quite unexpectedly. He was fit as a fiddle and sadly he had lung cancer. Um, interestingly. He's a, been a painter and decorator for 30-odd years, didn't smoke, um, mm. but used to work with fillers and no masks, and yeah. a lot of them were carcinogenic. So there's a bit of a thought there that maybe that was why. Um, but So we sadly lost him. Um, but I had that for ages with the grief of that, where things happen yeah. in the day, and you think, oh, I'll ring my granddad and tell it, because we used to speak all the time, and things happen in your life, and the first person I used to think to call yeah. would be him be like, oh, I'll tell him about that. Or I'd had a shit day and think, who do I vent to? Yeah. I'd pick up my phone. and, Mate, the amount of times I took my phone out my pocket to ring him, yeah. and then you get that horrible, deep in the stomach, kind of horrible feeling of shit. Not yeah,
1: there. no, I I'll, I'll relate to that 100%. Yeah, it's Ooh. it's really weird, isn't it?
0: It is, mate. It's Some days you're aware, and then I think it's that unconscious thing where you're kind of in like a habit. Yeah. kind of thing where you're not really thinking deeply and you just go to do something and then you yeah, realize yeah. that actually that person's not there anymore so it's a shame. It's a horrendous day for you mate. Um I mean to to pick it back up. So I mean after after that happened mate were you offered like counseling or therapy or because I mean, I hate to say it, but there must be like PTSD associated oh, to that event.
1: Yeah, I think like I still have it now. I don't even get paranoid people driving behind me. Yeah. You know, honestly, on a serious note, i you know, I'm known to go round, and round about two or three times to make sure that car's not. That was behind why you were me. driving around the town earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, you kept that little luster <laughs> on the way in today. <laughs> it's not a podcast. He that <laughs> set me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, that's what it feels like. Yeah. No, 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 no yeah, choking aside, that's just generally what it felt like. And I was like, I think so I had like um people threatening to kill me as well because of their friends got banged up, you know, for 10 years. It's like, mate, I didn't do anything yeah, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm like, give it a rest. So, I mean, so they ended up getting 10 years, what, a piece or? Nah, nine years, eight years, and seven years, basically.
0: Mate, that ain't anything, though, is it? No, nah, they're out now, I think. Yeah, no. yeah I'm still really yeah, Did half. Yeah. And, um, the worst thing about that is, had it have gone differently, had they have taken your life, yeah. you know, I mean, that was like a hair's width away. To me, the punishment should have been the same. They should have been tried and convicted yeah. based on the fact that they took your life. Cause... I mean, they're
1: trying to get like a law in now where you get 10 years for carrying a life, you know. Yeah. But like they, you know, put it in me eight times and they got effectively. <laughs> a year per. Yeah.
0: Fuck it now, mate. Yeah. It terrifies me, because um, I say, because of my son. Yeah. Um, I'm growing up round here. We're quite close to Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, and he's like I say, he's 17 in April, and we have some quite open conversations. And he tells me that he knows lads that carry knives. Yeah. And I said, I'm like, why? And the one thing that I've clocked is, like, when I, when we were that age, I don't know how old you are, Kev. To yeah. be fair, but I'm turning 40 this year. Um, when we were kids, it was quite common to have a fight. Yeah. And what I've clocked from my son, from Alfie, is that that doesn't really happen now. And I think it's because, there's my own speculation here, but I think it's because of the rise of social media and camera phones. The kids, the youngsters, they don't want to fight because if they lose, somebody's recording it. And then they become a permanent internet meme for getting knocked out or beat up. Yeah. So now what they do is they don't fight. They carry knives. Yeah. And the only reason somebody carries a knife is because they're scared. Yeah. you know, you don't do that if you're a confident person. No, so, it's true. And either that, or you're a fucking complete psychopath. But nine times out of ten, it's because people are scared. They carry a knife in case somebody's carrying a knife. Yeah, well, they, they openly admit it's for protection, isn't it?
1: Exactly. You know, they openly admit yeah. it.
0: You know, that's what it. That's what it's there for. In their in their eyes, it's this constant like cycle, though, isn't it? Because yeah. one per you carry a knife because you're scared somebody else is. So they carry a knife because they're scared you are. And when does it, where does it all stop? And unfortunately, yeah. it stops when, someone, when somebody when gets someone
1: stabbed. dies, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's two lives ruined, two families ruined. You know. It's generations ruined, it's, isn't it? Because
0: yeah. thankfully, you know, thankfully you're sat here with me today. But if you weren't, that's your wife that has got to deal with the trauma for the rest of her life. It's your kids yeah. that have got to deal with that trauma. And how they deal with that trauma, are they going to react, you know, violently in their future because there's so many that generational trauma that then gets passed all the way through your family had that have took that turn I mean I dare say there's still a good amount of trauma anyway just from what they have at I mean again I I don't want to make things too emotional for you but the the moment where your kids would have been told what happened to you yeah I would imagine that still lives with them
1: Honestly, I can mem- I remember phoning her up. My daughter, well, Tash phoned me, actually. She she went to the reception and gave them, because police took my phone and everything, gave them um, a temporary phone for me and some, some credit on it. And I phoned her up. And then I was like, I'll speak to the kids. And was, Chanel, my, my, my daughter at home, she is, I was like, you're right. She just started crying. I was, like, I, was, I was like, it's all right, don't worry. I was like, we'll be fine. And um, yeah, that really, she's a very emotional person. Um, I think that really hit her hard. Yeah, it would. Massively. She's 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 the one that sort of helped me out the other end as well. You know, by seeing her like that, mm. so I sort of had to try and sort of make out as if you know, yeah, it's really bad what's happened, but it's it's not that bad. Let's get through it, kind of thing. At the same
0: time, yeah. And to be fair, mate, you like you've done that with style. <laughs> yeah um so let's let's pick things up a bit more positively now uh paint warrior the yeah. birth of paint warrior yeah so i do know this bit because i've heard you say this on interviews before but it all came from was it your daughter from my daughter yeah, yeah. yeah. so did you set up the account as paint warrior was that I, like a-
1: yeah, well, no. She was saying about setting up an account. She was like, just because this is when I was just literally, I didn't want to do anything. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't want to go to work. She was like, she was like, you should post your work. She was like, people like would like to watch that. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. And then we sort of come up with like, she, she opened the account for me, set up my TikTok, and blah blah blah. And we come up with Paint Warrior. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, just post some stuff. So I posted a video. I just painting a. Painting around a plug socket, yeah. I had like, and then I, I posted as soon as I posted, I jumped in the shower. And then by the time I'd had a shower, got back out, I had like 20,000 followers. Like it must have been like five, six
0: minutes. So it just went viral, just like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, I had like 20 million views. It's, it's a proper crap video.
0: And that, so that was without the backstory, like nobody yeah. knew what had happened to no, you. No. See, that was another, I had assumed that your first stuff had come out off the back of what had happened to you nah, nah. and the paint warrior brand was built off the back of yeah. the trauma of that day but it sounds like that wasn't the case no no she she come up
1: with paint warrior um and i, I think it probably was to do with sort of me recovering you know as a as a good name yeah but it wasn't sort of intentional or
0: anything like that. At that point, the only people that knew the relevance to the name were you guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. okay. Um, and TikTok was where it all took when life. it
1: started, yeah. And this is what um, sort of actually got me out of bed and got me – this is when I started booking in counselling and things like that because people – I started po- – doing regular posts of my work and they people started asking me questions like well what would you do in this situation or if you used to do paint this how would you do that blah blah blah. just standard basic stuff for us you know but people that don't know they don't know do they so i would just reply with a video and be like well this is how i do it or this is how i would overcome that issue blah, blah blah so on and then um yeah, people started asking me like, "Where where did your name come from? Why Paint Warrior?" and blah 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 blah. And then I took it to Instagram, Facebook, and and then it just got bigger and bigger. And then within a year, it's probably at close to a million followers. I think.
0: So it's only been a year. How, no, how long? when was that all first... three platforms. When yeah. was that first TikTok post? How long ago was that?
1: That must have been probably three years now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe three years or so. Okay, yeah. I mean.
0: With the the rate that you've grown, mate, I mean that's exceptional. I think yeah. when you hit TikTok, were you like the first, were you the pioneer of doing stuff like, or were there other accounts doing Do stuff like that? I, or
1: no, I've never never didn't see any. The thing is TikTok then, because again lockdown, it was mm. just dances and stupid videos in people's gardens. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd done like a trade video of like decorating. No one had really seen anyone paint a straight line with a white ceiling and cut it in black they're like yeah what the heck? That's like that how would you do that you know yeah. they're like what hang on a minute and that's why because I, I was working with all them dark colors as well at the time and it was like it really did help but people like that looks so good
0: and yeah I'm, do you know what, what mate I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and i was talking about setting the podcast up and he was like oh, are you on social media i was like yeah of course i'm on social media and he said to me he went mate what you want to do is some of them videos are cutting in yeah i went that's already been done mate yeah and he, he went no nah, honestly he said I'll, i spend my lunch times. so it's sat watching them yeah. like it's just something really hypnotic about watching them that's so true. but yeah you were obviously one of the first to, to corner the market in doing it yeah so yeah it's just
1: pure it's probably a coincidence maybe i don't know luck
0: yeah well, so from there so you've launched obviously paint warrior social media did you then get back into physically how was that how was that first day where you kind of decided to go back on site whatever job that might be or even book the working or go quote the job like how was that
1: so it was really really hard actually and if i'm honest i didn't want to quote anyone's work because i didn't know whose house i was going to like and,
0: all, yeah. It's, yeah. and
1: although i was like 90 miles away from where it happened right like 80 odd miles away mm, i'm like that's not that far mate no you don't yeah. you just don't know and people like there's so many people messaging it could be a different account saying oh yeah this is our." they could and my head was just spiraling out of control but mm. my, my mate he, he's, he builds houses right and he's done um really well he's quite successful with it and he had a lot going on and he said to me he goes kevin i obviously had my um site um supervisor certificates and things like that for when i run my own business um doing warehouse free so i had all of the all of the certificates and he said do you want to run one of my sites Mm -hmm. i was like yeah okay he goes um he goes i'll give you a van he goes but all i can do is give you eight pound a day and i was like look i need to pay the bills So I'll do it. I sold my brand new van that I bought. Yeah. You know, I sold that, sold all my tools. I had nothing anyway. And I said, look, I'll I'll, I'll take the van. I'll take the £80 a day.
0: So did you have to sell all that stuff to stay afloat while you were recovering? Yeah. Because that's the thing, isn't it? Like you've had this awful thing happen to you, which wasn't your fault at all. And then you've had to suffer mentally, physically and financially to recover from that. Oh, that's insane! you, but you, know you can't I mean? you
1: can't phone up bloody Vodafone or British Gas and say I haven't got the money yeah. this month. They're gonna say, well, you know, that you can't you can't do that. And they, they, as bad as it sounds, that they, they're, they're gonna they're gonna sympathise with you and they're gonna say, look, yeah. we, we give you three months leeway. But now, in three months' time, I don't owe you hundred pound this month. I owe you four hundred pound, yeah, yeah. five hundred pound. It's like it's just getting bigger and bigger. So yeah, I sold the van, spent the money on bills. I'm still still in debt. Still yeah. in debt with it, you know, I'm still paying stuff off because you know, luckily that van actually that month that I got stabbed was the final payment on the finance. And um I was I I even remember saying to Tash, I was like, I actually own the van now. I was like, I don't I got no outgoings, like that's it. You know. And then when that happened, I had to sell the van and
0: uh But honestly, I'm gutted for like I'm sat here listening to this thinking I knew what had happened, but it sounds worse now. I'm gutted for you because you're a genuine bloke who was just trying to build something for his family. You've had it taken away from you, essentially, by some utter scum. Um, And then you've been left essentially having to foot the bill of
1: that event. And that's, that was the hardest bit as well because, like you know, going back to the COVID lockdown, it's like there was no – the offices were shut. There yeah. no offices.
0: It was ghost town across the entire world. It's like there was no yeah. one I could phone up. Everything was upside down, and I guess because everyone was worrying about their own stuff, yeah, the support wasn't there either. Honestly. Because nobody knew what was going on at that point in exactly.
1: time, did they? yeah. Christ, mate. Yeah. And, well. um, yeah, so I worked on his site for – uh, several months to get some money um, and that's when I, I started doing therapy mm. um, started talking about it a lot of
0: crying a lot of ups and downs and how's the therapy been or how was it like was it helpful right.
1: yeah I mean I didn't think I thought it was pointless if I'm honest but mm. as soon as I went there and I spoke a few times and I've done three lots of counseling um so Honestly, it did help, yeah, because it got me out of thinking about like people out to get me it it did it did help with that, um, yeah obviously, I still have moments like I was saying about driving around roundabouts, people following me for too long. I'm like, you know, but I, it, ultimately, I wouldn't leave my front door at yeah. first, and so you've
0: made huge leaps,
1: yeah, massively, and then um that's when i was, I said to my mate, I was like yeah, you know i'm gonna uh,
0: I'm gonna go and work again, you know." i got offered a job. Mate, fair play to you for keep getting up. Do you know what I mean? And There's all that, there's like the Rocky quote isn't there about, it's not how hard you can hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forwards. And you've like embodied that. So you've had all this, which is more than the average man would have in a lifetime. And you're keeping getting up and going again. So all credit to you for that, mate. So you've got back, you're working again. And what, so the social media, was that all just building in the background or?
1: Yeah. So obviously I was on the site. That's the reason I actually got back into working because I was running a site, and then um, I was sort of doing little bits of painting here and there for mm. him in the in the houses. And then I was like, still eighty pound a day. I'm actually decorating your houses. You know, I was like, I'm going to go back and work for myself. Yeah. Um. You know, I priced up a few houses for him. You know, i have done done a couple, but um, that was later on. But I think you know, I come out. I gave him his van back. Um, I got picked up from his office and went home. I got given a local job where I got a taxi to, Um and I earned 600 quid. And I went and spent that entire 600 pound on a beaten up old Citroën, which I still got. Yeah. And then I started buying my tools every week. Every time i had done another job, bought a new tool, bought a new tool. Um, got the van wrapped in black.
0: So it's yeah. not, not
1: rusty and horrible looking anymore. So um, you're getting
0: back. You, you, the other thing that strikes me as well is I didn't realize how recent this was, mm. you know, because I'd kind of seen. Obviously, you on socials and the brand and all that, and I just assumed that this had happened a bit further ago. I didn't realise it was only what three, four years ago now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So it's it's a hell of a jump in that time. But yeah, like I said, man, all all credit to you for picking yourself back up. Yeah, thank you. Um. So let's talk about where you are now. Uh, well, actually, th- there's one more thing, isn't there? Obviously, pre Christmas, there's another thing that comes and sidetracks you. So you're all right talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously you've, you're building your brand again. Yeah. I mean, I just mean laughing. There's nothing funny about it, but it's just like, Jesus Christ, mate. Yeah. Um, so your brand is up, you're back working again, and then you end up in hospital.
1: Yeah. So I was uh, doing a job and I've finished rolling the seed and I ended up, I come over dizzy and collapsed. And I was taken by ambulance into hospital. Well, I was in there for ten days, getting tests done and everything like that. But ultimately, it's, it's, I've got a heart condition now. Was this anything to do with the attack? No, apparently it's hereditary. But um, sort of the research I've been doing, no one in my family's I can gather's had it, but I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, effectively, there's a muscle in between the heart that separates the sort of flow in and out, um, and that's getting mm. thicker and. Um, basically it's the most common cause for sudden death in young people and they'll just get thicker and your chain, mm. you're not going to pump blood anymore. So, know. Um, and that was, yeah, told to me just, yeah, just before Christmas, I um, got that actual diagnosis and that so what, was it.
0: What do you do from here then Kev? Like, is it because, so you're told you can't do anything strenuous?
1: ideally i shouldn't be rolling ceilings things like that you yeah. know i've got a little implant under the skin now uh, to monitor the my heart rate and things but shouldn't you know shouldn't be dealing with stress um all that kind of palaver really everything that comes with running a business actually yeah 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 <laughs> you know the, work Z of yeah. being
0: self employed
1: yeah yeah um but you know i haven't really um drank since You know, I've changed my diet. Um, But you know what? In the evenings, I'm totally done, mate. I'm done. And um, this is where, this is my biggest struggle I've ever, after everything I've been through, this is my biggest struggle because um, I just get, I get too tired. Yeah. I come home, I start getting like um, chest pains and I'm like, I'm like, is this it? And then sometimes I'm like, is there fucking any point even just carrying on? You know, for me, it's like I just feel like I've just been done in so much, and this one, this one's hit hard.
0: Yeah, mate, I, I can, I can understand that. I mean, and I don't want to like
1: miss out on my kids, and I've got a granddaughter now. Yeah. So I like, fucking out. I just want to break sometimes, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, mate, you, you've been dealt hands that you shouldn't have to deal with, essentially. Um and I don't think there's anyone else out there. There's certainly nobody that I know of that has had to deal with so much one thing after the other in such a short period of time as well. Um, I mean, it's hard to ask you how you're coping with it because you're in the middle of it right now. Yeah. certainly, it's,
1: um, it's fresh. Yeah. But like... I am getting better. You know, when I, when I first got told, I was like, I went for a drive and I was just, like needed to be on my own. I laid in bed for a couple of days. I just I didn't talk to nobody. Um, even the missus, I was like, please just leave me alone for a bit. Like I don't want to talk about nothing. Didn't answer my phone to so many people for so long because I didn't want them to ask me how I'm feeling because it. Yeah. You know I was getting like really anxious about it. and when I started talking about it, I was like, fucking hell, like. You know, it was really, but I'm, I'm sort of coming come to terms with it now. And it's like, you know, I might live for 10 years, but I might live for 10 weeks. It's one of them things you
0: just don't know. Well, mate, well I appreciate you opening up, obviously, and, and talking about this. Um, it is one of those, isn't it? I mean, I guess I've, I've spoken to people in the past that have had like shit happen or they've had diagnosis of bad news and that. Mm how have you found that the people around your friends react to it? Because quite often it's hard for the people around you as well to know what to do and say, do you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I'm sat here and all I can say to you right now is I'm genuinely really sorry to hear that you've had that been through that and are going through that. Yeah. Like it's shit. But also at the same point, there's this awkwardness of I can't do anything other than say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard for everyone involved. It's hard for you. Yeah. But it's hard for other people to know what to do and say. Um, yeah, if I'm honest, I've distanced,
1: distanced myself um, from everyone. I, and if I'm honest, I've never really had many friends anyway because mm. of the group that I was in and I left that behind me. So when I moved to Mill Keynes, I didn't know anyone anyway. So I've got a small, small circle. And to be honest, the most supportive people have been um, from Instagram. Like my friends, my actual friends that i reckon I can call them, probably a couple of them, my best pals now are on yeah. Instagram, and that's how I met them.
0: How mad's that? Yeah, and oh, that's a know, crazy they're word.
1: supportive. You know, they're, they're supportive. But you do again. It's like some some of some people, they're just so. Some people can be complete assholes, and they say, "Oh, yeah. here we go again." I'm like, I'm not about that at all. You know, I'm not that kind of. I'm not telling anyone anything because I want any sympathy whatsoever because I, I really don't. But the reason I do talk about it is because I do know from experience that from my inbox experience, Mm -hmm. you know, some days I've got a screenshot on my phone. I could show you now. It's like message requests a thousand, you know, like people message me and they say, thank you so much because I'm actually currently going through this at the moment. And you've actually sort of, you've made my day feel a lot better because um, I know that I'm not alone, you know, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I talk about it. So I've got nothing to hide. And if people don't like it, then that's that's down to them. But ultimately, it is what it is.
0: Kev, the fact that you can take the shit that you've been dealt and turn again, mate, turn that into a positive by trying to help other people is incredible. So, again, mate, like, like well done. Oh. I know, you know, I don't mean to sound patronizing when I say that, but there's, I'm a firm believer that you don't have any control over the things that happen to you. All you have control over is how you react. And the fact that you've took the shit that's happened to you and decided to react by trying to help others and talk about it. And I'm glad you are talking about it, mate, because those that are out there listening who think, ah, you know, it's just sympathy or attention that he's after can jog on essentially, because the people that need to hear it, are the people that you've mentioned that you'll have those messages that say yeah. thank you unfortunately, it's human nature that we concentrate on the negatives, oh yeah, so you get them messages of you know thanks for that you're doing amazing and it you take it in but i'm I'm an author, right? I hate take, I can't take compliments yeah it just it doesn't it feels like I hear it's it awkward but it don't go in yeah, but the negatives seem to go in don't they 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 oh, get they past do. that barrier yeah um and i I know obviously with your following being so big on socials obviously you do get shit in terms of the trolling and the, the Muppets that come at you with things like that. But I guess hopefully maybe there's some people that will listen to this and actually know your story a bit more now, know it in depth and the crap that you've had to deal with and maybe just back off and, you know, give give you a bit of leeway. Do you know um, what? I'm not in honestly, I'm not in competition with anybody
1: and I'm not trying to impress anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I genuinely I get up, go to work. Like everybody else, um, I like making my videos. I genuinely that's what got me out of bed. That's what got me back on my feet, making them that content. And do you know what? It's become a routine for me and it's something that I have to do now to keep me going it's like if i Mm. stopped yeah i would sit at home thinking about my heart condition now you know i think there's no point what's the point but i have to have something to do otherwise to me there's no point
0: so it's your therapy essentially this is it this is what keeps me going well mate it's doing two in one isn't it it's looking after you but it's also putting that hope out there genuinely i'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass mate i I've seen the stuff and I didn't know everything. And all I've looked at and looked at you and thought, fair play, man. But like, you've had some shit. You've turned it all into a positive. Yeah. You've built a brand. Everybody in the decorating community and wider community know you and know of you yeah. because they know your brand. And I'm like, it takes some real strength. And to me, that probably backtracking probably comes from your upbringing that strength was developed from the point where you were a kid. You've had to look after yourself and you've continually not allowed your external circumstance to make you a victim of what's happened to you. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there that do, unfortunately they have some horrible things happen to them in life and that becomes their identity. They become the victim of the circumstance that happened to them. You seem to have had all this shit that's happened to you and gone, right, well that's happened. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And that's your external action to, to cope with it. But may it, long may it continue, you know, and yeah, keep out no. keep the videos, fuck the haters yeah, um, and keep building what you're building. Because if, in the short time that I've known your brand, I've seen it, you know what I mean? You, you've gone from launching your paint. Let's talk about what you've got. So yeah. you've launched your paintbrushes.
1: Got the paintbrushes, long-handled oval sashes. We've got the beaver tails landing next week. Landing next week? Yeah. So we were at the show, weren't they? Yeah, I've done a soft launch just to to show everybody what's coming. Um, But they're they're landing next week, so we'll have enough stock for for all the stores if they want them. Um, Mm. Then I've got round sash brushes in production. Okay. Filler will be landing this month as well.
0: Your own filler? Yeah. Okay.
1: So we've got some fine surface filler, uh, multi-filler, and we've
0: got some wood filler. So all pre-mixed. This um, is what I mean though, mate. You just do you expand. You've got the caps, you've got your t-shirts. Yeah. You've got the, the merchandise, the branded wear. Yeah. Um, and I think personally that like the vibe that I pick up is cause, because you are like a survivor for want of a better word. It's quite a positive movement. Yeah. And people want to be a part of that. And you see it online, you know, because you're a genuine bloke as well. They want to wear your okay. gear. They want to, you know, represent your brand yeah. or have your brand represent them. So, I think you've nailed it, mate. And I honestly wish you all the success in the world because you deserve it. I appreciate it. Um, and it's also nice that somebody from, somebody that's been the other side of the tools is now developing the tools because who better? Yeah. You know, yeah. who better to develop a paintbrush than a man that uses
1: a paintbrush? Yeah, exactly. And this is why, like, a, a lot of you know, a lot of people, you know, keep saying that they like more that are like, my brushes are arrow-worthy, but they're um, they're completely different. You know, I've used the, both, mate. They are the, oh, definitely yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, the handles are a, a basic handle. Yeah. You know, the shapes are basic. shape. The, the handles work, you know, the shape works. Yeah. But the bristles are what does the job. Yeah. Um, and it's all about, you know, people don't really seem to think how much goes into a bristle, but the, genuinely, the thickness of that bristle would determine how it dumps the paint onto the wall and okay. you know, determine how far it would bring it up the stock. It's like there's so many areas and yeah. that's why we went with uh two different blends to try and reduce like the softness won't push the, the new paints too far and the stiffness mm. will leave the brush marks too heavy so okay we tried to blend the two that's why it's a blend and um it's it, you know what it, it, i personally think it works and i really enjoy them
0: and... Wait, loads of people love them yeah. um i mean i again completely it's not biased because kev sat here yeah. um i just wouldn't say anything <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but because kev sat here i've used the brushes mate and they are top notch yeah you know thanks. i I use a variety of brushes i'm a bit of a brush whore I um, are. but i have used your brushes and they are a really good brush and i will continue to buy them as well okay. um because yeah that that's sound and i would love to see them i've actually i've had this conversation with. All of my light suppliers. So okay. I've got accounts everywhere Johnson's, Juleux, yeah. Paintwell, Crown, whatever. And I always say the same thing is that generally speaking, their selection of brushes is terrible. Yeah. You have to go online to get a decent brush. It's
1: crazy, isn't it? And that's it so is. true. Yeah. And it's so hard to get into a store.
0: Yeah. It genuinely is. You know,
1: these big companies are so many heads you've got to get through to get to the right person. But it's, it's like, yeah. but they have a structure you know and they're 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 running their business and you know they have to predict things to go it's just such a long until you start having them conversations it's it's it's, a lot of people say why why can't you get them in here it's generally not as easy as that
0: manufacturing wise i know nothing so i'm like completely fish out of water on that so if you were to try and get like all your brushes into a store how would that work would you have to produce a load of brushes ready to give out into the store yeah do you get paid when they sell do you get paid when the store buy them how does that work so
1: it's a bit like having an account i guess yeah so um i put my order in and then i've got so many days to pay for my order so say crown take my brushes um they say all the stores order 10 boxes um mm. that's a thousand boxes or whatever um they got 30 days to pay me you know it's it's like you know you've got these so it's not like sale or return or anything like that no no it's not like oh you can't have these brushes unless you pay for them now it's like you know oh, okay it's all it's all done on a like it's all know, on account. the pick. yeah basically
0: so that in itself mate i mean you've had to penetrate a business world i mean like i said i know nothing about manufacturing um but I guess there are businesses out there, aren't they? I mean, the one that springs to mind is Gymshark. Yeah. Because they don't, I think they actually have got two stores now, but originally they didn't have stores, did no. they? It was all online. Yeah. So, would that, I mean, have you got an online shop that you can just supply from? Like, does that. Yeah,
1: I've got my website, which I do have all my stuff on there. Mm-hmm. But, um. Blog it, Kev paintwarrior.co.uk
0: (laughs) all opportunities mate. now
1: no seriously it's it's a a lot of people you know like places like my paintbrush and next day paints and these big boys they're um they've got a lot of subscribers to their sites Mm. you know um which is fantastic which is is really good for me because they they do um regularly order Um, you're on all of those aren't you yeah i'm on a lot of the online stores so which is good um and they've got loyal customers um, mm. And I'm not trying to steal anyone's customers, but the options there, you know, if they're scrolling
0: through and they click on my website, they can they can purchase them. Yeah. um So that's it. Mate, tell me because this one interested me because I just automatically started thinking about all the other things I could stick in the machine. You've got a fancy machine at home now, haven't you, mate? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing that, uh, doing brush handles. Tell me about that one. So that's, um, I actually personalised your ones. Have you? Yeah. I haven't opened the box yet, so I've All got right. that one. Kev has kindly brought me uh, a, a load of goodies. Yeah. So not only has he taken the time to come here today, um, and he's not getting paid anything, he might think he is. <laughs> he? Uh, so, but he's also brought me some uh, some Paint Warrior goodies. So yeah, I can't wait to have a look at those, mate. I have got, like yeah. say, a little, little goodie bag to return with some Talking Tradesman merch Good. for
1: you. I hope there's a sticker in there. I, I haven't got any uh, uh, stickers. Yeah, i sorry, I haven't free got free the stickers. you under pressure now. <laughs> uh, um, But yeah, my machine, the laser machine. So um, this company reached out to me and they are like, oh, would you be interested in um, having a machine? Um, you know, we could collab on it. And I was like, "What would I, what, you know. Yeah, it like, just
0: looks like magic, though. You honestly, stick the in that thing. The
1: machine does so much. Like I could, the laser so powerful. I can cut yeah. that handle in half. It would cut through like 18 mil ply. But what they've done, they've given me a portable one because when they reached out to me, I was like, you know what? This year, because of my um, diagnosis with my heart, Mm. this year, I'm going to make a point and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to visit the stores and do trade days um, with other brands, obviously, because they all do it. And I'm going to take my machine and I'll personalize brushes for people if they're there on the day. It's a nice little touch. Um, And also, what I want to do is probably offer to go Sort of do a tour on sites so, like, if a decorator needed a hand for two days, yeah, I'm just going to go and Go and work with them for a couple of days. I love that, mate. Just anything, you know, it's a chat. It gets them a little bit of exposure. Yeah. It um, yeah. shows off, like, you know, the, the industry, what different jobs we're always doing and different levels of work through different decorators and different types of decorating.
0: I'll have a look at my diary in a bit, mate. We'll Do get it you booked mate. in. We'll get you booked yeah. in with As, for a as long days. as it's not stripping wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fuck it. No, that's, that's, that's gone out the window now. Yeah. I was just thinking, I've got some real shit work coming. I'm not your labour,
1: <laughs> No, but seriously, it'd be good, you know. If we get somewhere, you know, if you've got a job, you've got it prepped up, you need a hand getting it all painted. Yeah, man. we I'll come down there, give you a hand, get it all coated up for the day, get get some content. You know when
0: this episode goes out, you're going to get like a thousand messages wanting Paint Warrior right. to come Well, out this is where it's all about,
1: sort of honestly. Yeah, let's <laughs> do
0: it, honestly. That's it, mate. You'll be booked up for the next five years yeah, after this episode yeah. goes I out. I
1: mean, it's, it's like, the thing is, is. I can't do too much, you know, so I'd yeah. like to try and give a little bit back. And like I say, it's, it probably doesn't mean a lot to much to a lot of people, but um, to some people that, that do follow me and they are decorators and they do look up to me and they do always ask me questions, I, I wouldn't mind spending a day with them on site. Um, just, it's a crack. You know, we'll have, have a cup of coffee, have some lunch together, decorate some walls. That's you know. quality,
0: mate. I, I love the idea. Again, yeah. it's, it's another thing with you, though, isn't it? It's the next thing coming, the next thing coming. Um, and despite all the bad, you're still moving forwards, yeah. which I think is a key take. Um, the one thing I do want to ask you, Kev, is <clears throat> a question that I'm asking everybody. Because the purpose of this podcast when I launched it was obviously to address the mental health situation within the building trades and to be honest with you the quite frankly shocking statistics that exist around male suicide within the trades. Um, I'm asking everyone the same question just to get everyone's perspective on it which is why do you think that the building trades are in such a bad way when it comes to the statistics on men on men committing suicide what do you Mm -hmm. think it is about the trades that makes it such a hot point sort of like why why do they feel the need to take their life why yeah i mean so the statistics i don't know whether you've heard me say but i'll repeat them anyway because i think it's great to get them out there 75 percent of all people that take their own lives are men yeah and Within the UK building industry, that makes up nearly, I think it's about 46% of that 75 is purely out of the construction industry demographic. So working demographic is from the construction industry. Yeah. So that's nearly half of that 75% are out of the construction industry. Um, and you're also, I think the statistics state at the moment that if you work in UK construction, you are four times more likely to take your own life than in any other demographic of work yeah so like why do you what do you think it is about the building trades that makes it
1: do you know what you know? i mean i've i've been i've been i've had thoughts about it and for me it's um it's sort of like you're carrying the world on your shoulders isn't it you know mm. sometimes you know i've been there before where i've taken jobs on and um it's been very demanding um you're you're under a lot of pressure. You're not seeing your your partner, your kids. You things can go wrong, or it feels like things are going wrong. um You feel like you're being blamed for things that are going wrong. I mean, for me personally, that was a lot of pressure, and I've I've I thought like before, what is the point? And yeah, I think like put a bit just being put under so much pressure is a heavy weight to carry. Yeah, um, well, and it, yeah. It, sometimes people think there's no way out of it. And the easiest way is to probably you know take your own life to step out yeah because it's not hard it's not hard sorry it's not easy to um to say to somebody look I've got this job I'm struggling I feel like you know your pride gets in the way you've taken that job on convincing them that you're capable of doing it and to sort of knock yourself down it's, it's sort of gonna hit hard isn't it
0: yeah, it is. Mate. And I think um, so I had a conversation last week with uh, Susie Bennett, who yeah. she's just done a PhD in male suicide research, really insightful conversation. And one of the points that she said is that we need to try and destigmatize and normalize the the talk about people thinking about ending their own life. And she's, whatever research she's done, she basically said that actually it's quite common. It's a common thought. Most people don't take action on it, mm. but there are common, it's a common thought at multiple times throughout your life where you think, do you know what? I might as well not be here. Yeah,
1: I get that. Because, I, you know, I, I, for a long time, I thought I was the only one thinking it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, again, mate, it's hugely powerful that somebody like yourself would say that. Because if you've thought it, yeah, then you know there is a lot of other people out there that have thought it or are thinking it. Um, <clears throat> fortunately, myself, I mean, I've, I've been through various things in my life. I don't think I've ever, I've never got to the point where I've actually considered taking my own life, but I've got to the point where I've thought, had this have not happened, you know, yeah. that knife edge of if that hadn't have happened, or if you know, for example, if I hadn't have met my wife at the right time if i hadn't have won certain court cases relating to seeing my kids yeah yeah you know like the other side of the coin would have been a much darker side oh, so yeah. i've never got there but i've recognized there were points in my life where i could have the potentials there in it yeah. that's it yeah, yeah that's it um so yeah it was just an interesting like i say i'm trying to ask everyone the same yeah, question because i yeah. think everyone's got a different insight yeah well with me I, I do struggle with pressure like that's that's my biggest pressure. thing
1: yeah pressure and you know everyone on you know it feels like you're carrying the world and that's just not healthy
0: for anyone no. how do you cope with it when you do feel the pressure have you got like a coping mechanism
1: oh, do you know what no i just I'd maybe i don't know i just shut off from everyone i just that's a coping mechanism yeah itself, i won't yeah. I won't answer the phone you know I'll have a good few days where I'm not talking to anybody outside of my house mm. and then it sort of just eases you know,
0: but do you know what mate, though in reality, the most important people are the people within your house, yeah, like you've said before, yeah. you're doing this to build something that you can leave for your kids, your yeah. grandkids um your wife uh you know that's what matters,, yeah. isn't it, so all the outside noise. Fuck that! Yeah, you know, hundred um, percent. And what I'd say to you, not that you need my advice, mate, because you're smashing it, but just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Because you know the the products, the launch, the brand. I can only see the brand getting bigger and bigger. Um, and once again, mate, I'm sure there'll be imitations. There'll, yeah. there'll be, in fact, I'm sure I saw it, mate, when you launched paint brushes. All of us, there were a couple of other people that launched paint, they've all vanished now. Yeah. But the you know you get the imitation side oh, yeah. of it. But you do seem to have a knack for being at the tip of the spear. Do you know what I mean? Like you're doing things first.
1: Yeah, I try. I try to keep ahead of the game. And I'm in the game. And um, I sort of try to look at what I want out of the the decorating industry. And if it means something that I need to try and tweak or recreate, then I'll I'll try my best to do it.
0: Get at Kev for all your decorating ideas. If you need something, Kev's a man to make it happen. But honestly, mate, I'd, I'm loving seeing um, how you're doing. Thank um, you. And I hope that everything plays out as best as it possibly can with the situation, with your current diagnosis. Um, you know, I know you don't know me particularly well, but I'm always there, mate. Yeah, you no, never appreciate need to talk. That. Um, yeah. But once again, mate, um, thank you for opening up, telling your story. I hope the people that are listening to this will potentially see you in a a new light it's weird isn't it because forgive me for saying it but you've almost made yourself a bit of like a celebrity and I think mm. with that status comes this weird detachment where it's like he's not a human he's yeah. this, this character this person I see on my phone screen or yeah. my whatever and that's where you get that You know, they wouldn't say the shit they say to you in the street. No. And to me, if you wouldn't say it to them, don't say it over the the internet. It's not. Yeah. You know, I just
1: call them out now, mate. I'm just like, what is your problem? Like, you know, good. that's it. You know, if you're
0: just piss off. Well, mate, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see the, the future for Paint Warrior. So Thanks. you're popping up on, on various sites by the sounds of it, mate.
1: Yeah, 100%. Oh, that's what I want to do. I want to try and do that. I'm going to have a look through my diary, mate, and see what I can it. rope you into. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you follow um, Colson Paint and Paper, from, he's from America. Yes. Right, he, yeah. He's been doing that in America with Pretty Boy i saw i met them at the show yeah so i met them at the show and i've been blown. speaking to yeah. them since then because honestly it goes it's such a good feeling but he's telling me about how you know he gets to travel around meeting other decorators he's making friends um it's not they, no one's struggling for work now or working because they can they mm. know that they can call in someone and they can go and give them a hand you know it's sort of like just borrowing a decorator type thing and i was like that's absolutely amazing i was like i'm off next year i'm gonna do that myself i was like you've inspired me to it's a cool to jump, jump on and, yeah. and do that and meet new people i was always going to do the trades trade shows at yeah. the stores but um meeting and going to help decorators
0: would yeah that's definitely something that's new and it's because of them what you say mate it's a great way to spread the brand yeah. as well isn't it meet people um Quick question for you though. How's your missus feeling about you working? Like, You know, I guess, pop all around the country and do all these. She, to be fair, I don't tell her too much. You know, this is going out. Yeah. Don't no, you, mate? No. Well, Actually, sorry about that. She'll have to just uh, deal with
1: it. <laughs> she is not there. This she is how I tell her. Yeah, I'm to <laughs>
0: say, this is one way, mate. This is one way of telling her things.
1: This is how I tell her. Like, if I, if I, sometimes I, I don't, um, I've got some news and I won't say it, but I'll do a video on it. And she's like, yeah. I didn't know that. And I'm like, it's done now, isn't mate. It? So... My
0: missus is a nightmare for that. Right. I mean, she actually. There was one occasion not so long ago. I see that yeah. where she went and got a tattoo, yeah. and the first I saw of it was her on social media in the tattoo shop. Yeah, I was literally like, you, "You're forgetting to tell me something." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, she uh, she operates with that um, yeah. that tactic as well, mate. So. But the thing
1: is, I'm quite a random person as well. You know, like I'm spur of a moment. I don't. Plan things
0: like it's a good way to be, mate. Yeah, it obviously I'll, works out well. I see something and I want to do it. I'm like, right, let's yeah. go. Do you know what, Kev? I envy that um because I'm the opposite. So I think of things, I have the ideas, uh, and that's why me and Ange work well. Is because I will overthink it and I'll think of the idea and then I'll quickly think myself out of it and because I'll like, think no, of
1: get it. She's done. just like
0: go, go, go. Yeah. Um, she'll think of something and the next thing I, don't know, I mean, sat here, mate. Yeah. The, the reason we're here. Uh, to give her all credit this podcast would not exist if it wasn't for her because i would have talked myself out of it yeah, yeah. she takes the idea runs all oh, right well we've got office space now so you've got to renovate that we've got a studio now so we've got to use it yeah um so i think you know it's the world just a little needs... bit of a
1: kick up the arse in it but it's yeah
0: in a good way you know Absolutely, it, just, and it
1: yeah. spurs you on doesn't it and it you know you like you say you're sort of thanking her for it now
0: mate, I know, yeah, I I, I know that that side of her complements me, Yeah, you know, that it's that overall picture thing, so I'm great with that. I mean, while we're talking about partners, um, let's give Tasha's salon a bit of a mention because I know, uh, so me and Kev, uh, both of our wives, both in the same industry, both work in aesthetics, hair, beauty, aesthetics, Um, and I've been following Kev and noticed that they've now got a salon, Yeah, your own salon.
1: yeah tingles aesthetics um she got that just before christmas yeah um do you know what really random again so we see it and i was, she was like oh but i've just renovated two rooms in a salon i was like listen yeah. this is an opportunity let's go like let's do it um it's going to cost a little bit of money but it's an mm-hmm. investment and um once it's done you've got your own space you've got no one to answer to it's brilliant mate. it's
0: yours so again, you're yeah. So it sounds like we've got the same demographic in reverse. Yeah, you're the, you're the one pushing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, mate. I mean, I followed the renovation online, and it looks mint. It, so you've, come out you've really done a great well. job. Thanks. How's it going? How's the shop going?
1: Yeah, really good. Yeah, really good. She's um, she's got loyal um customers, so they've all sort of followed her, which yeah. is good. Um.
0: Yeah, she's getting a lot of interest. Um, she's always busy,
1: you know. So that's good. Yeah.
0: It's going to be a massive, massive industry, mate. There's just so much growth in that. I mean, yeah. as it happens, talking about Ange and her impulsiveness, she's actually just decided to move. Oh, is she? So, yeah. So, the salon in Stourport that's been there five, six years now, which, again, has been great.
1: Her salon, is it? Her salon. Okay, yeah. so she's just um, relocated. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, she she's been there for quite some time, but she has, in true fashion, gone and saw a space and just jumped at it. Okay. Um, so end of, what are we now, beginning of first, So end of this month, uh, we move and she'll be opening in Longbridge, which is South Birmingham. So, so if you've been doing that on the side as well? No, mate, that's coming. That's coming. Oh, so yeah, coming. yeah, yeah, okay, that's, okay. Uh, that's on it. So I think she gets the keys the end of this month, mate. All and right. then it's, it's going to be, yeah. Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. Um, it's a bit more... So it's quite uh, that industry is quite sort of like high tech, isn't it? It's quite on the fourth run. It's, it's always things changing. Yeah. Um, the building that she's in at the moment, a little bit limited on space, little bit dated, and this place is yeah. like state of the art, high tech, new, shiny, shiny, sleek, all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, end of the month, it's going to be a big move, and you know, as you do, you get roped That'd in. Be a being nice there. job
1: though. Yeah, be yeah, nice something like that, Kev. Yeah, hours, but you, yeah, you would appreciate when it's done. Yeah,
0: so we've got all that coming up. New new move, new demographic. So hopefully that will go well. Too. Yeah,
1: all the best.
0: But once again, mate, thank you ever so much for your time today. And for everyone listening, although I'm sure they already know where you are, where can we find you, Kev? My socials, um,
1: TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, just Paint Warrior. Type it in. You can Paint Google Warrior.
0: it, actually. You will find yeah. Kev everywhere. It. The painting king of social media. Well,
1: you know, just, um, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say King, but...
0: Mate, I, I don't think there's anyone above you on the on the social standings, in fairness. But if you haven't tried Kev's stuff, uh, do try out his brushes and all the rest of it, because genuinely, hand on heart, it is good gear. Thank you. So it's not, you know, cheap stuff that's thrown out there. It's made for the profession. Um, it's really good gear. So, yeah, go and give Kev some support. Obviously, you've heard his story now. There's even more reason to give him some support. So thanks mate again mate thank you ever so much for coming yeah. in is there anything that you wanted to say or finish up on uh no
1: not really i think yeah i mean been a bit like a therapy session actually
0: no I've, I, feel I appreciate good. it mate honestly i really do appreciate you opening up hopefully it sends that message out there to others that talk yeah. you know talk tell people how you're feeling and uh only good things can come of it so thanks. yeah, yeah good. thanks again mate no worries thank cheers, you Kev.
1: cheers buddy